0: And now, with Sound Investing, here's Paul Merriman. I was really torn about what to call this podcast. On the one hand, I wanted to call it the outrage, not of the week, but the outrage of the year. Because it's a story that just, I can't explain how upset it makes me when I realize that somebody very dear to me, was about to make one of the biggest mistakes, investment mistakes, of their whole life. And they did it thinking they were doing something really smart. But I also wanted to entitle this The Biggest Mistake an Investor Can Make. Because I am doing a presentation on February 11th at the Retire Meet one-day conference put on by Tom Cock and Don McDonald. And I can't wait because I get a chance to do three presentations. One that's all about value. No, I call it everything you need to know about value investing. One is about what index funds and ETFs won't tell you, and it's important by the way. Uh, I'm going for a list of 10 things they won't tell you, and a third presentation that will focus on the 10 biggest mistakes that investors make and, of course, how to avoid them. So this could fit under... The 10 biggest mistakes, in fact, I'll talk about it uh, on the morning of February 11th in my uh, keynote presentation, and uh, it could also fit, I think, as the outrage of the year. Now, we've got a long year ahead of us, so maybe I'll find something even more outrageous, but let's talk about it in terms of a big mistake, if not the biggest mistake that an investor can make. And the mistake is pretty simple because it's it's just a matter of each one of us trying our best, as best we know, trying our best to choose the best source of uh, information or advice, checking out different people to figure out who can I trust. What person has the information and the guidance that will be in my best interest? That's what we want. But sometimes a series of things happen, and in the process, you lose what you would have done had you been more intellectual about the process, and all of a sudden you're on the hunt for something that smells so good. And and, and just reeks of freedom, financial freedom, in giving me what I want in retirement. And there are so many out there that want this. They want enough income to to, to meet their needs for the rest of their life. And uh, they want to have protections. They want to make sure it doesn't run out. Uh, They want to make sure that if, if it's got some growth in it, it will grow. Because there's that fear. What if I put my money into something that's supposed to grow, but instead of growing, it shrinks? So here's an example of the kind of uh, the reason that I so mistrust the advice that comes out of both the insurance industry and um, very often as well, the securities, the, the, the Wall Street business that... I've been railing against for years. So finding somebody we can trust. Now let me talk about how that could happen. Uh, you could listen to somebody like me who says, find an advisor who will put you into investments that have low expenses, have a high probability of success, have the right amount of fixed income to address your personal risk tolerance and that's all well and good but then you might ask this trusted advisor like myself now can you tell me can you guarantee me that in fact i will get cash flow out of this and it will be it'll be consistent and and that it will protect me from the whole thing blowing up and going away somehow and i want it to go on for the rest of my life well, this dear friend was lives in another part of the country and was talking to somebody they thought they could a, a trust, and it wasn't the person who was offering their advice to manage or take care of their money. They were just having this conversation about what a person might do in this investor's situation. And by the way, what even colored the situation more is this person wanted to retire younger than he probably should. So he was looking for an answer that would allow him, the magic, to retire young and still have all those good things they wanted to count on. But out of this exchange came a recommendation from my friend's friend. And the recommendation was, you know what I think you better check into? Let me give you the name of a guy who's got a product that offers all those things you want. Guaranteed growth, guaranteed, guaranteed income, insurance against any possible loss. I mean, it's as magic as I've ever seen, he said. And he referred my friend on to an insurance agent. Now I was told by my friend that this person who made the referral had all sorts of things after his name like uh, uh, you know, CFP and, and uh, 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 CFA and all the these kinds of things that indicate not only trustworthy from being smart in terms of knowing what's going on out there, but somebody who had jumped over a lot of hurdles to be where they are today. I'm not exactly sure, by the way, why the person with all these letters after his name didn't just offer to take my friend on as a client, but instead decided to refer him to somebody else. Now what do we know about a referral from somebody we think knows the inside of whatever we're talking about whether it's picking a picking a horse at the racetrack or picking an investment that is in my best interest And I know I'm not an expert my friend I'm sure thought and here is somebody who who I think is and has all the credentials to justify his recommendation and so, my dear friend, ends up in the office of an insurance person, who is—I mean, it, it is an amazing sales pitch. I—I I, I suspect most people who they can get in to listen to this with the door closed would be would be tempted because it offers guaranteed growth. It offers a guarantee against. Uh, losing money in the long run and on top of everything else is they offer to pay a bonus if you just put them in this case a million dollars into this product we're gonna throw a whole bunch of money in there on top of it and i don't blame my friend for not knowing to say you know this is there's something about this this doesn't seem right but wait a minute My smart friend told me this is something I should be looking into. So, by chance, I got wind um, that this was going on. By the way, I got wind of it from my friend, who just casually mentioned it in an email to me. And, of course, I was about ready to jump through the phone and find out what the rest of the story might be. And I found out enough to to be able to contact a friend of mine, and I told my dear friend that I would not give his name. I didn't want to turn another insurance person loose on him. One is enough. But that what I would do is I would present his case to this person who I have the highest regard for in terms of understanding what's really behind an insurance product and seeing through all of the phony bells and whistles uh, that are meant to uh, overcome every objection that a person might have. So I called Stan the annuity man, now I've talked about Stan in the past. He puts out he puts out all sorts of free literature. Just go, Stan, the annuity man, and look at the publications, hard copy that he'll that he'll send to you. He is an expert on insurance, and I don't want to suggest he's not making a living because while he may do his best to get the rock bottom price for you. In filling your needs, he still has to make a living himself. So his is not a charitable organization like my Financial Education Foundation is. He does have a profit motive. But I think so do people who want you to invest in index funds and manage those for you. I think what they're doing is honorable because they could be selling stuff that's bad for you and charging you uh, percentage to manage your money, but I talked to Stan. Stan knew the product well. Stan said immediately, "It's one of either it's either the worst or the second worst product in the industry." He said, "Does your friend know that it has a twelve percent commission? Twelve percent? Now, I know you're not going to have trouble with this calculation, but just think about what it." would be in your life if you could find somebody who trusted you with a million dollars and you sold them a product that pays you 12%. Could that be a million, I'm sorry, $120,000? Yes. And what? Maybe it takes five hours to make the sale? So it has a 12% commission. Now, what do we know in our industry? The higher the commission, the worse the product. And why do we know that almost has to be true? It's because the more complex and befuddling a policy is, the more they have to pay to get somebody to sell it. Remember that old Bogle quote about, uh, uh, it's amazing How little someone will know if you pay them enough not to know it. Well, $120,000 on a million dollar investment is enough for somebody to forget reality and go right to fantasy if you can make the sale. So it gets worse. Stan said does your your friend know that 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 investment has a 17-year redemption penalty? They have to own it for 17 years before they're going to get out from underneath a penalty to get out? And by the way, I might fast forward a little bit and mention that when my friend, who my dear friend, who uh, uh, had been hoodwinked as far as I'm concerned, uh uh, he he had not known what the commission was. He had been told that there was a commission because my friend asked, is there a commission on this product? And the salesperson said, yes, but it will be less than the bonus you're going to get. Now, wait a minute. A minute ago, I was thinking about spending that bonus, but now you're telling me, that that commission is in essence going to come out of what is my bonus? Well, the salesperson got away with it. So my friend didn't really understand how much the commission was, 12%, and he didn't know about the 17-year penalty in order to get out of this investment. Now, uh, my I I I said, look, I I to my friend. I said, I, I want you to talk to Stan. I don't want you to hear it from me because I don't really. I'm not an expert in these things. I want you to talk to Stan. I want him to 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 talk with you about any fine point or anything the salesperson said to you. And my dear friend did, and my dear friend felt, oh my God, what I almost got myself into, and. My friend, who happens to be attorney, be an attorney, looked at the state regulations where he lives and found out there were documents that were supposed to be delivered to him. And when he asked, after our conversation, the salesperson about where were those documents you were supposed to deliver to me, well, we bring those to you the day that we sign the paperwork. Well, duh. Duh if you provide those to me a week or two before I have to sign the paperwork, and I get a chance to look at the fine print, if I understand the fine print, there's probably no way I'm going to sign this paperwork. But if I bring it there on the day that uh, I've got all this stuff to do, and I don't have time, and i oh, but I trust you, I'll look at it later. And by the way, Had he looked at it later after he signed it, and the insurance person went ahead, submitted all the paperwork to start transferring his money over to the insurance company, that by the time my friend found out that this was not for him, I can almost guarantee the money is probably in the process of being transferred, and you know what it's like if you've transferred your money to an insurance company and then you want to you want to uh, terminate that that agreement and get your money back. Do you know what you have to go through? Well, quite honestly, I don't exactly know. I do know when I helped a couple fight maybe the largest insurance company in the U.S. to get money back because they were so falsely and illegally, uh, the, the representations the salesperson made were just horribly wrong. And we fought and we got the money back, but it took a long time. And they kept trying to sell the investor over and over while they were trying to get their money back. It's not that it's an evil world. It's just that people will do things that aren't exactly proper when there's big money involved. And I don't care how good a life you're leading. 12% of a million dollars for a commission is is a big deal. I mean that's money that you want to get into your bank account as soon as you possibly can once it's on its way. So the end result was my dear friend was able to cancel. in In his particular state, he had a thirty day period. But had he not talked to Stan the annuity man, I have a hunch that uh, uh, that the insurance salesperson might have gotten away with it. Uh, the old thing if it's too good to be true, it probably is not true. And this, to me, is a great example of how important it is to have the ultimate trust in the advisor who's giving you guidance on, particularly at this point, that you, in essence, can't recover. You're retiring. You're not going back to work. And I talked to my dear friend for a few minutes after this all got settled. And I said, tell me what was going on in your mind. And really what it was is there was no place that he could get the kind of immediate cash flow elsewhere from from an investment which by the way had he in invested in a traditional a traditional immediate life annuity which is just the equivalent of a pension fund he, he would have been able to get more than he could get out of any bonds anywhere because they pay more of course as you know i think if you buy it on Monday and you die on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, within a period of time, that million dollars he might've put into that immediate life annuity, which would have given both himself and and his wife income for life. When the two of them had died, the kids would not have gotten anything. And And I happen to know that, that my dear friend cares about his kids and really would like to do something for them. I listened for a few minutes about what he had gone through and what his thinking was. And I said, are you sure that you can't work for just a couple more years? Because uh, I think you don't have to worry about having enough if you just work a couple more years. And he looked at his situation and he sucked it up and decided to work for a couple of more years rather than getting into something that literally could have not only cut his income in retirement in half, but also would have cut his kids out of an inheritance that I'm sure he would like to share with them. So we can't know all of the dastardly things that investors are going to happen to investors because they talk to the wrong person, trust the wrong person. By the way, this firm, this firm that that uh, was trying to sell my friend this insurance product, it won't shock you to find out that their main uh, marketing approach is... Uh, uh, is to put on dinners for free dinners for people and get a chance to sell them there. Oh, oh my. I forgot to tell you what might be the juiciest part of all. Remember the fellow that my dear friend trusted who had all those alphabet things after his name showing that he understands the investment community? Remember he recommended that my friend go to the salesperson who almost closed the sale? It turns out that in the insurance industry, it is still possible to get a referral fee from in, that, in that kind of case without having to disclose it to the investor. That's still possible in the insurance industry. Not possible in the field of uh, registered investment advisors where people are fiduciaries. And guess how much he could have made legitimately for having simply said, call my friend Joe. He could have legitimately gotten 40 to 50% of that $120,000 for that referral. Now, what do you think? Now, what do you think about people who might refer you to some product, particularly if it's within the industry, because he had to be an, a licensed insurance agent in order to make that, to, to, to divide that money, but it does not have to be disclosed. So we may think there's a lot of rotten things on Wall Street to uh, to clean up, but we have a lot of a lot of work to do within the insurance industry as well. But uh, just when you think it couldn't get any worse. I need to mention one more thing that insurance agents often get by selling these kinds of products. They get to go to a hot place, some place where the weather in the middle of the winter is warm and the beaches are made of fine white sand and the dinners and the drinks are on the house because one of the common things in the insurance industry is to reward people, and again, this does not have to be disclosed, to reward people for uh, having sold a lot of these products that without the big commission, without the free trips, these people would likely not sell. Stan says everyone should ask their agent whether the product they're about to purchase from them will help them earn a free trip anywhere, that you have a right to ask that question, and when asked, they are supposed to tell the truth. And if they are being rewarded in that fashion, Stan says you should be getting at least five different quotes other than uh, uh, beyond the one that they're presenting to you. Uh, Now, very often what happens and I know this from having spoken at one of these insurance conferences where the people who showed up at the conference got to go there because they sold a particular product because they got this reward for selling a particular product. Now, that may be the only one that they earned a trip with, but if you're, if you're shown five different products, it's not as likely that every one of these is going to give them a free trip to a warm climate during the cold time of the year. I hope you'll take Stan seriously and, and uh, check out his website. Uh, you, you can see him in action. He does his uh, Stan the Annuity Man rants. Kind of like my outrages of the week. And uh, I I think you'll get a sense of his passion for you to do more to take care of yourself. And I also hope that if you have a friend who's in the process of looking at at insurance products to try to fund retirement, I hope you'll send them to Stand site to get an education. Stan doesn't seem to be hung up on giving free educations to people who will not use him as a a source of buying any insurance product. He doesn't work that way. He wants to educate everybody that is interested. And I know that Sam will get his... uh, Uh, Stan will get his due. He'll, He'll get enough to get along on. I'm not worried about that, but I am worried about you and that you get the education that you need to make better decisions in all parts of your retirement planning. It is such a luxury to have the opportunity to work with people that you can trust and not worry whether or not you're getting screwed. Thanks for listening.